25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour number two of the show. Off and running. Just like that. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. The hometown heroes. That's them. Men and women that are born and raised right there. They're in the community, from the community, serving the community. Volunteering here, coaching there. Serving here and there. That's your local Farm Bureau agent. And dealing with somebody local, it just didn't you know, get any better than that. Especially if you find yourself in a situation where you need to call on that insurance you've been paying those premiums on. That's why Farm Bureau is the best. You can be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you on the text line at 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And you can call me as well. Love to hear your voice. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to hear a voice. Will Salmon from Florida will be on the Divini Equipment phone. Divini phone, 601-995-1059. Hit that number. Call me. Put it on speed dial. You might even know what speed dial is anymore. Just contacts. Just touch it on your iPhone. It calls me. (laughs) 601-995-1059. Most valuable Sports team in the universe, the Dallas Cowboys at over $5 billion. Number two be the New York Yankees. And then number three and number four are soccer franchises. Soccer was invented by European ladies to keep them busy while their husbands did the cooking. Thanks, Hank Hill. Hank Hill, everybody. Hank Hill. You boys get off my lawn. Pat on the text line says this. He's got a prediction. Tommy Stevens, Mississippi State, passing 2,800 yards, 500 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns, and three interceptions, and five rushing touchdowns. So total offense, he's saying this year Tommy Stevens is going to have uh, 3,300 yards of total offense. 31 touchdowns responsible for and throw three interceptions. And at the same time, he says Kylan Hill is going to have 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns rushing. And he says, what would your guess be for State's record with those stats this year? Pat, um, those numbers probably mean you're an eight- or nine-win football team. Probably mean you don't lose any games you're not supposed to. And you probably pick up one win somewhere that nobody's given you, like an LSU or an Auburn. That's what I think. 
But again, it's all going to depend on defense. I mean, you know, great teams, great seasons, it's all about defense, I think. Rare exception would be one of those Mike Leach, Texas Tech teams, or even Washington State, but everybody else, you better be good on defense, period. Louvier on the text line said, most valuable sports team is the Barcelona soccer team. Do I win the free rounds of golf? He says, go Saints. Nope, you don't win, Louvier. It wasn't the Barcelona soccer team. It was a good guess, though. Got some soccer teams up there at number three and number four. <laughs> Just uh, not quite the right answer there. No, but that list, holy cow. Cowboys one, Yankees two, Real Madrid three, then Barcelona at four, and the Knicks, the dang Knicks, the number five most valuable sports team, $4 billion at number five. The Knicks, the most valuable NBA team. How in the world? Maybe it's the real estate. I mean, it's got to have something to do with it, right? Will, I'm sorry, Wally on my Twitter feed says, I may be wrong, but I think the Knicks worth has something to do with the new esports slash gaming boom. Well, you got me. Heck, I don't know. Manchester United, six. Patriots, seven. Lakers, eight. Golden State Warriors, nine. And you got a a tie down there at number 10 between the New York Giants and the L.A. Dodgers. All the teams that I root for, the Braves and the Chiefs, are way on down the list. Way down there. You Saints fans are at the bottom in terms of valuable franchises. It's true. Not my list. That's Forbes. I've kind of become a Cowboys fan, though, because of Dak. It's true. I admit it. It's true. He's pulled me in. I watch every snap the Cowboys play because of him. You're not a secret Zeke fan? Nah. (laughs) But, boy, he's fun to watch. Gosh, he's fun to watch. Is he the hardest running back in the NFL to tackle? I think so. All right, flipping that switch. Where's my Gators thing that I always play for uh, Gator Greg whenever he comes on? I, I have it. I just don't know where the heck it is. I've got on this soundboard and it's all these. Oh, here it is. Where is it? Gators. Is this it? Yep. Yep. Chop, chop, baby. In 30 days, one month from today, Gators, Florida versus Miami on national television. And this guy is going to be covered. It's Will Salmon from The Athletic. Used to be our beat writer around here. And he went south to the sunshine. He's covering Florida. But he does a little bit of everything. He's on your radio right now. Will, man, 30 days is going to go by quick. I hope you realize that. The whole summer really has, Matt, already. You know, I feel like it was just sort of like a couple of days ago where spring ended. And I said to myself, wow, you know, even though the game is August 24th, August 24th is still a long ways away. But uh, not anymore. Not, <laughs> no. not really anymore. Not anymore. What kind of relationship did Dan Mullen and Manny Diaz have? Pretty good um, as far as, you know, he hired him twice for a reason. I think he respected him mm-hmm. um, a great deal as a defensive coordinator, what he was capable of. You don't bring a guy back unless you unless you think that. And I guess their relationship started when um, Manny Diaz was sort of doing some good things at Middle Tennessee State. And they played that game against Mississippi State, and you know, he kind of impressed Dan Mullen. And then from there, uh, hired him, uh, did fairly well, and went on his way, Manny Diaz. And 
you know, he gets asked about it still, Dan Mullins, and I think Manny Diaz is kind of the same way, where when they both get asked about it, I guess it's one of those things where they have their prepared response for it, and they just go with the same quote over and over, and it's just, you know, they're not going to really say anything too insightful about that relationship, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of not for nothing, but I have a hard time getting other people to say too much of anything about it either. Um, I don't really know why that is, but that that is a thing where it's like people don't really talk too much about it for whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, there may just may not be that much there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it is pretty, pretty interesting that, you know, Diaz gets his first game as a coach against uh, one of the guys who gave him a, a big time opportunity. Sure. Will, how do the rosters match up on the surface? And I, and I have seen from a distance, the people leaving Florida, you know, a few transfers here and there, everybody's got some, you know some of that stuff, but I so I don't know necessarily like intimately who's still there and what that roster looks like. So on the surface, I would think year two Dan Mullen, Florida, they probably got a better roster than Miami in terms of just top to bottom players. Is that accurate? Yeah, uh, I think where they have the edge the most is that quarterback. Actually, mm. and a year ago, if you were to say that about Florida people would be really happy about that in Gainesville because that would have meant that, you know, the re- one of the main reasons why Dan Mullen was hired here actually worked out, and it has. I mean, Blue Bay Frank, as we've talked about before a couple of times, he's vastly improved. Um, it's hard to kind of pinpoint how good he can be or if this is as good as he will be, but he's better than he was and better than he's ever been, and he was always supposed to be like that sort of like raw prospect anyway mm-hmm. back in high school. Um, I remember when he committed to LSU first or he was – uh, flirting with committing to LSU, whatever the case was. I remember him just being like that raw prospect where, you know, he had tools and he was pretty tantalizing, but he didn't really, he wasn't like that polished guy. And he, he never really has been. And so the good part about that, though, is that he's, he's developing, he's getting better, and he's a lot better than the situation in Miami at quarterback. And, and that really gives uh, Florida an edge there. Plus, we already talked about the coaching situation where you have an experienced guy in, in Mullen versus. Uh, somebody inexperienced as a head coach. So that gives you sort of um, a nudge in that direction as well. But other than that, the, the teams are actually surprisingly, in my opinion at least, pretty even. Um, you know, if you look at their defense, Miami, they bring back a couple of um, uh, some accomplished guys on the defensive line. Their front seven is pretty imposing. Secondary has some holes, and that's where it's going to get a little bit uh, kind of probably a little bit hairy for Miami just because Florida's offense is pretty good and those wide receivers, they roll about six or seven deep and they're all pretty pretty accomplished. They could all post some good numbers and they're all really good at what they do. So so there's that aspect. Um, but from top to bottom, you know, Florida does have the edge, but it's a little bit, a little bit more even than I would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Will Salmon on your radio right now with The Athletic. Will, um, on the media landscape, the athletics taking over. I saw where uh, John Machota. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I may be completely off, but the guy who's been covering uh, the Cowboys for these last ever how many years for the um, Dallas Morning News, he's joining the Athletic, going to cover the Cowboys for them. And for you, like you know, you look, you're you've been at Florida, but I've also seen you covering and writing about a lot of other stuff and other teams around the league. Um, you know, is is it a situation where you know, you see yourself covering Florida, or are you are you kind of branching out and covering everybody here in the SEC? Yeah, you know, 
it's kind of weird because we've also added Andy Staples at SI.com, from SI.com, Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, mm-hmm. and that was a great hire for us. Andy's a good friend of mine and somebody I look up to in the business. And so when you have a group like that, it's like you, as, as in my shoes, somebody younger, somebody who doesn't have those sort of reps as an Andy Staples or a Bruce Feldman, it's kind of like, just don't mess up, you know, like don't, uh, <laughs> don't be the reason why somebody will cancel their subscription or anything like that. But no, I mean, it's a great place to be. Uh, you mentioned the Cowboys beat. We also added, uh, Kate Heropolis, who covered the Cowboys as well. She's now with, she's now a staff editor for the, for the college football staff, actually. So, I mean, for me, I, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. I, I've said this a couple of times. I probably even said this on your show, Matt. Uh, you know, I never really wanted to necessarily leave Mississippi, the Mississippi State beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it there. And I, I thought I did some of, the, some of the best work or some of the most I guess, fun work that I've done, um, and that still holds true. But the thing was is that I really wanted to join the Athletic uh, when I did last year because I, I looked at it as, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I hope it continues to do well, and I'm sure it will, but I looked at it last year as this up-and-coming thing where I didn't want to be the person who uh, sort of got like the last, um, who missed like the last seat on the bus, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like I, I wanted to um, join their college football staff. I wanted to do some cool stuff, and the Florida beat made sense for me, But uh, and I've enjoyed it. But it was really, um, it was really for me the chance to join the athletic and really sort of um, continue to try to do the best work I possibly can, and the athletic was that place and, and, it, and has been. So I'm, I've been pretty satisfied with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and with the athletic, um, to, to access everything – uh, that everyone does. It's a small subscription fee, and and you know there's this connotation with sports fans that goes along with subscriptions. Like, and, and I don't even know what the numbers are. I just know like a lot of local newspapers all of a sudden you know wanted to charge people, and people would look at seven or eight or nine dollars here and there a month or whatever it is, and go, man, I don't know. Even though it's not a lot of money, they'd say it adds up. But it's like I think the the $2 thing for the athletic is kind of in the sweet spot. I think somebody was really smart to go, you know, that'll be less of a monthly subscription than people are paying for anything else. And if you do it over a big enough scale, it'll work. I thought it was a really smart move. I think it, it seems like it's still working, too. It is. And I think it works because, just like anything else, you have to, you have to do something that other people aren't doing. Like there has to be a reason why they're paying for it, mm-hmm. and once that stops becoming the reason, nobody else, nobody's going to pay for it anymore. It's like um, you know, how many people have Netflix these days? Why did they get it in the first place? It was because Netflix was offering something that they that they weren't able to get, or yeah. they were, you know, pulling the strings of nostalgia with some shows or whatever the case is. They just were not able to get it with their basic cable, you know, programming or whatever the case is, whatever they were using beforehand, mm-hmm. and so. I don't know many people who are, you know, uh, you know, waving their fists saying that they're going to cancel a subscription to Netflix. Um, you know, and I and I feel like that's because they do some things correctly. Same thing with like Hulu or any sort of streaming service that's doing things correctly and sort of um, not only building subscribers but maintaining them. Yeah. And I think we're doing that at the Athletic, and it, it's pretty cool because I think you are able to give people something that they're not going to get because we're fully invested in like what we cover like for me um i cover co- mainly florida football so it's mm-hmm. like i don't spend a whole lot of time doing florida baseball even though they have a good program um 
you know, the, the person who covers uh, South Carolina football doesn't spend a whole lot of time covering South Carolina basketball, so fully invested in 365 days a year, and so the value should be pretty high. Sure. Will Salmon on your radio right now. Y'all follow him. Uh, just spell his name out. Salmon, no L, two M's. Uh, so look him up. He's with The Athletic covering Florida. One last thing on that, uh, Will, is, you know, I've heard it kicked around conversations of water cooler around Mississippi, not at all trying to put you on the spot and give anything away or not. I, it, inside info. I just know you've got a lot of fans in Mississippi that have wondered, you know, like they, they get your coverage because you've written some stuff on state, and I'm not real sure if there's been a ton of things written on the athletic about Ole Miss stuff specifically, but a lot of folks in this state have wondered, well, are they ever going to, you know, they're going to do an, you know, an athletic state guy, an athletic Ole Miss guy. Are the fan bases big enough, and you know, to, I don't know, demand that? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. I, and I actually like that you asked it because I do get that question a lot from like Mississippi uh, state fans or even just Ole Miss fans who whom I know. Mm-hmm. And the the answer is I'm not really sure, but. The thing is that we we just added a lot of SEC writers, um, and now we cover I think every team except for Vanderbilt, the Mississippi schools, and Texas A and M. And so I think like what the calculus is for us, and this is just my basic opinion based on working here and me not being the one who makes the hires. But I think what the basic the basic calculus is. Not not really how big the fan base is, but how much does the fan base care? Yeah, like how much does the fan base care about say football throughout the whole calendar year? Sure. And so that's that's what probably makes it tricky for Mississippi State is mm-hmm. because you really have to cover baseball. I yeah, think, yeah. To, to really make a name for yourself uh, covering Mississippi State, and you also have to cover basketball, and you also probably have to cover women's basketball, mm-hmm. and so that makes it a little bit tricky. Um, they kind of fit inside the vertical of like a college football team, um, and still sort of say like you're the authority on Mississippi State. When it's like, okay, well, you cover maybe a fourth of Mississippi State. But that's a hard sell for me. Like if I'm if I'm a Mississippi State fan, I'm like, oh, all right, well, is this is this worth my money? So that that's kind of like the tricky thing that I think you have to navigate and be conscious of and weigh. And to give you like you know to not make it a roundabout, but to kind of give you a better answer. I think it's probably in the cards at some point. I'm mm-hmm. just not sure when because I, I, the fan base cares. Um, it's just a matter of, I think, the other fan bases. You're familiar with the app, so you have like the, the list of teams that you follow. We had more, my guess is we had more people place a check on certain teams than others. Mm-hmm. And so whoever is next in line is probably the next team that we hire for. Sure. And so that's probably what the calculus is. Yeah. It's really interesting, you know, fascinating to me. And I, I think you did nail it. Mississippi is different. You experienced it as the beat writer here. And and to a degree, Ole Miss is the same way, too, in that, you know, in this state, three months out of the spring, baseball carries everything. And if you go, like, listen to a sports radio show in Alabama during March and April, and what are they doing? They're drumming up football year-round. Whereas here, if we don't cover baseball, um, they'll fire me. You know, that kind of thing. So it's just, it is much different here. It's really fascinating. And you experienced it as the beat writer. Yeah, no question about it, man. It's like, here in Florida, it's completely different. And the baseball team is great, historically speaking, or at least recently, mm-hmm. uh, last few, last handful of years. It's been really good, obviously. 
College World Series winner recently. So you would think that people would really be kind of the same way, and it's, and it's not. They're sort mm-hmm. of like, I don't want to say a disconnect, but it's just not the same whatsoever. It's not even on, like, remotely close. Yeah. I mean, they get fans. People do care, but not at the sort of intimate level that a Mississippi State fan base will care about their team. Yeah, not even close. Man, it's always good to catch up with you, Will. The time goes by quickly. I look up, it's 20 after, and so the music's about to start. So I just appreciate you jumping on here a month ago before that first game, and we'll talk to you between now and then again. Thank you, Will. Awesome, Matt. Take care, man. All right, you too. Y'all follow him. That's Will Salmon. He covers Florida and a few other things for uh, the Athletic. You know, But primarily, as you heard him say, Florida football year-round for the Athletic. Will Salmon on Twitter. A lot of people have wondered, you're never going to see you know, an Athletic writer here in the state of Mississippi. I think it's inevitable. It's just a matter of you know, when does that you know, upstart. Is it, is it fair to even still call them an upstart? Probably not, but you know, when are they going to pop up and cover the schools around here? I don't know. He is right, though. It's hard to for any media outlet to say, okay, we cover Mississippi State and just focus on football. It's hard to say we cover Ole Miss and it's just football because fans here in the state just want more <laughs> than just football. And, and frankly, that's not the case everywhere. It's not that way in Florida. It's not that way in Alabama. Not that way in Louisiana. All right. Another team on the countdown coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Thank you, Catherine. (laughs) I love that soundbite so much. Just picture it. Just close your eyes and picture it. Roger, get the button ready. You're at the airport. You're hanging out in the plane, the private plane that's going to deliver Nick Saban from the Miami Dolphins to you, the Alabama Crimson Tide. The plane lands in Tuscaloosa and there's people around shaking pom-poms and all this. And and he gets off the plane, takes one step, and the first thing he hears is... Oh, God, we love him! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we balling, baby, we balling! All she was worried about was going to a bowl. <laughs> going to a bowl. We're bowling, baby. But We're going to a bowl. You actually got to be national champions several times. That's right. Even more than you expected. So what were the ex- – what, 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 <laughs> take me back, man. Look, man, when he took over at Alabama, Roger, I mean, it was, it was rough times over there, man. Going to a bowl was pretty good. And it's not like they were terrible. They had some really good seasons under Mike Shula. They had some bad ones too. It was just, you know, consistently average. Their little roller coaster ride every year, and and let's be honest too. Okay, there was not. Now there's 48 bowl games. There was only about 38 
back in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take a break. Hang on. I got to take a break. The last bit of coffee in my thermos for today just went into the cup. You heard it live on the radio. Coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Y'all go see Dan the Coffee Man. New Albany, Mississippi. Yeah, it was bad. People forget. 2006, Shula's last year, Sylvester Croon, Mississippi State, went into Tuscaloosa and beat them. Michael Hennig, the Montgomery native, had a big day passing the ball through it. A couple touchdowns to Tony Burks. And State beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa 2006. Then 2007, Nick Saban's first year. You remember uh, John Parker Wilson was his quarterback. They came to Starkville. State beat them in Starkville. That same year, Saban's first team, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. Everybody talks about what a great coach Saban is, but every time he's not had the best players, they didn't win very much. That's help, I think. Isn't that crazy how that happens? You're talking about Sly. You know, the, the funny thing on the outside looking in is when, when you hear, like, you know, MSU fans, a lot of times they, you know, ah, he's a divorce coach, you know. But then you never hear that from people who actually play. Yeah. They always point to, oh, no, but he's actually, you know, he's, he's quite, you know, got a lot of football knowledge. He's a great coach. And, yeah. So kind of unfair judgment. Yeah. You know, Roger, I think the thing on Coach Croom is, is he a prince of a guy? Yes, he is. A good guy. He is, always has been. Um, And you're not an assistant coach for teams like the Packers and others in the NFL for as long as he was without being a good football coach. And a motivator, and he's just good to have around your guys. And he spent all these last ever how many years with the Titans coaching those guys. Now they've hired him as the vice president of the Senior Bowl. You know, he knows football. He can coach. It's that kind of stuff, no doubt. But the truth also is, during his time at State, they didn't always have the best players. I mean, like, Nine games out of ten, the teams they were playing had better rosters than he had. And so there was a recruiting thing. And, you know, there's probably a lot of things that go into that. But the fact is, you know, people talk about it still, how he he just didn't set the wood. He didn't necessarily carry the the most um, exhausting recruiting schedule on a day-to-day basis. You know, what coaches say about recruiting is, well, it's not my words. I mean, for instance, Chad Morris at Arkansas said it at SEC Media Days. He said, recruiting is like shaving. You either do it every day or you wind up looking like a bum. You know, in the <laughs> it's good. And, and, and <sighs> Coach Kroom, he had a, a staff that recruited hard, but there were a lot of days where he didn't fool with it. Okay, that's part of it. And the other thing is, there, you know, I don't, some people aren't, uh, you know, the best in a head coaching role from an X's and O's standpoint. As a motivator, as kind of a father figure to a lot of guys, he was great at that at state. But on game day, there were times throughout those years where other coaching staffs with better players just running circles around him. 
around him and his coaching staff. It's true. It happened. I, I'm not, it's not a hypothetical. We all saw it happen. So nobody's perfect. Is he Nick Saban? No. Is he an outstanding person? Yes. That's the way I kind of chalk that up. But he, I'll tell you this, the worst-looking college in, in SEC football uniforms I've ever looked at. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless their heart. And doggone, it was Russell. They're wearing Russell stuff back in those days. There were times I almost even felt bad for... 2004 some, to 2008. Buddy, do you remember what they looked like? You know, they had the old block M, M state on the side of the helmet. And compared to the old interlocking MSU that we had in the Nike days when I played, that thing looked like the Mickey Mouse Club logo. And it, it really, the uniforms those teams played in, they were terrible. Just awful. One of the best things that happened in that changeover Greg Byrne became the AD, makes a coaching change, hires Dan Mullen, and immediately he he did Greg Byrne did a couple things. He got the the media rights. Okay, so the the like, you know, when you listen to a game broadcast, you hear, you know, we'll be right back. You're listening to Mississippi State football from uh, Learfield IMG. He got it away from a local company that frankly, I'm not always sure had state's best interest in mind. You think? And and got it in the hands of Learfield, a big, robust national company that knew what they were doing. And and then worked out a deal with Adidas. And so Mullen comes in there, they get an Adidas deal and unveil new uniforms that actually look like modern college football uniforms. And all that stuff happened in a short period of time. And it goes back to Greg Byrne making these decisions. And, and he just put an entirely new paint job on everything right away. And it really helped them in 2009 to get support going before they'd ever even played a game. So, look, uniforms are trivial. Especially nowadays, 10 years later, when we see all these, all these different kinds of uniforms, and now we're just immune to all of it. But back then we weren't. Uniforms are trivial. But it's like you can't really help yourself these days with a uniform change. But, man, if they're terrible, you sure can't hurt yourself <laughs> with 18-year-old recruits and 17-year-old recruits. And, man, those things were awful. I mean, I just can't imagine. You think recruits make their decision on whether you're a Nike school or a Yes. School? And whether or not the, the Fortnite scene is good? <laughs> Look, there are some kids. Who was it? Was it Derek Henry that admitted to eventually going to Alabama because he wanted to wear Nike as opposed to Adidas. I mean, so there are, those things do happen. Strong branding. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I see Joey hanging on. Joey, I'm going to get to you. If you'll hang on, we'll come right back and jump over to you on the Divinity Equipment phone. Texts and tweets, a bunch to get in before we run out of time. So all of y'all, hang tight. Coming to you. On the show, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
Back on the show. Lost Joey on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. Joey, if you're listening, holler back. (laughs) 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. Guy from Gulfport on Twitter, my Twitter feed, which is Radio Wyatt, says that he remembers Coach Cheryl saying the same thing about recruiting regarding shaving, stubble upon negligence, it's like shaving. You got to do it every day or you wind up looking like a bum. And yeah, it's true. It's just an ongoing thing. It never ends. And a lot of coaches have had to learn that the hard way, frankly. What was it? Let's see. Jason said, OMG, Kroon would still be coaching in Tuscaloosa if he'd gotten that job. You think so? I mean, it's, Was he being sarcastic? I think he was. Well, I'm, I guess. I hope. I'm not sure I agree with it otherwise. Um, and and in regards to the all the change that Greg Byrne instigated back in 2008 and nine as the athletics director, all that change got the media rights of the school away from a local Ole Miss company <laughs> and into the hands of a big national conglomerate that was totally neutral. And Learfield does a great job. It's now Learfield IMG. Got the Adidas contract for the school, hired Dan Mullen, and then got new uniforms. They even did, and that's right, okay, so somebody texts me here. I don't think I have a name, but somebody texts a text line, and it says, I was in school at State when all that happened, and I remember when they were going to unveil the new uniforms in front of the stadium, people skipped class, including me, to go see those uniforms because we all hated those awful old uniforms. Yeah, I remember it was a big deal. It's just like coming into the modern era. <laughs> so they, they changed everything. It was all the right move, uh, but nothing more important than hiring a guy like Dan Mullen who actually got it done. Hey, and real quick, Roger, before I go to Joey, did Chicken Hawk text in and say that he's bringing you some cake? Uh, no, I, I I think he's pointing out that I, I got to sample the, the cake. Oh, he's saying you at least that got That might be an old it. text from back a week ago. Yeah. We were trying to... Trying to give him a hard time for not putting our name on there. You know, and I love it when Chicken Hawk texts everything he sends, he puts the rooster emoji in there. (laughs) Yeah, boy. All right. Don't get it confused. That's right. You know, hey, feathers, whatever. It's all the same, right? It's all birds. (laughs) All I know is if it's a rooster on the side of Natchez Trace, we can pick him up. We can't do that to an actual Chicken Hawk. All right, Divinity Equipment Phone, Joey. Appreciate you calling back, Joey. What's up? Hey, Matt, you know what's not work? What? It, it, getting, and I, I, I'm starting to see some of the, I'm, I'm starting to see why y'all's job is fun. I, I was getting paid to watch football practice. <laughs> I was working, I, I'm, I'm working right next to the field. Of your, your friend that you mentioned yesterday and you left nameless, that same person. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You got me, but I can't remember what I said. Give me a clue because I can't remember what I said. I I, I forgot, too, because I was going to call you. (laughs) It was the end of the show. But but I assure you that uh, his name does something that glue does. We'll just say that. I Uh, got it. Got um, it. Got it. (laughs) uh, Anyway, um, and and so – uh, he kept saying blue 80, and I took some 
purple sandpaper out there, and he made me run a lap for it, <laughs> being the wrong color. But um, that's good. Anyway, I if if Dan Mullen is the transcendent coach at Mississippi State, yeah, then all the things you said about Sylvester Croom, I agree with, and I think. People get mad if you had if you say he's the best coach you ever had. But if he was not there, who was going to clean that up and let someone like Dan Mullen? Come? No question about it, Joey. I have said <laughs> that, all these that years. That was a monumental task, and and the man did it. And I just and you know what? I was hoping when the, I'll tell you when that tenth coaching job came open. Yeah. I think two coaches have passed on the opportunity to bring that man back, and I don't know what they're smoking. Well, it may be so, Joey, but here's the thing about it. I mean, they're going to look at wins and losses, and they're going to look at the offense. Here's the thing, Joey. I don't want him to do anything. I want him to be director of operations. I'm not knocking the guy that's got the job. I like him, too. I just would have rather Croom have gotten that job. Well, you know, if it's a director – you know, if it's an operations thing and a, a player personnel thing, I think Croom would be perfect for that in college football. That, in terms I think of beyond perfect, yeah, I think he, he because it's like you said, he becomes a dad. Yeah, to so many kids. I mean, I've, I've been watching watching Last Chance You and kind of tuning out the language because. You know, the, the Roaring Lion guy is a good friend of mine, so I wanted to see what he was doing. Um, <laughs> the Roaring and, uh, Lion. He is, yeah, yeah, Richard Wallace, the guy that, that's doing that, he yeah. does it at Wildcat games, too. That's um, awesome. He, he's, he's a, okay, he's so a good wait, friend of mine. He, does he, you said he but, goes to Louisville games also? No, no, Meridian. Meridian, he's, he's okay. He's from Meridian. Okay. And I tell you how much they like him, Matt, when they play – Jones and others, MGCC at their place, uh-huh. they stop in Meridian and pick Richard up. They stop the Are bus you serious? and put it, pick him up. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I promise you, uh, you talk to him anytime. Hey, what is Richard's, what's Richard's last name? Wallace. Okay, I'm going to look him up. I, if you ever want to talk to him, he's he's been on Jake's before show before. If you ever want to talk to him, shoot me a text and I'll send you his info. Okay, I'll do that. I'd, I'd like to talk he to him. He don't mind a bit. I might. Okay, I know now. he's been on camera a million times, but I think it'd be cool to like have a video where we uh, follow him getting picked up by the bus. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, I can I can arrange that. Yeah, that's not a problem. Hey, at all. Give, I get, can arrange that. Joey, give Roger your number for me, would you? Off the okay. air. Uh, give it to him okay. off the air, and then I'll get in touch. Or text it okay, to man. us. Yeah, or you could text it to us either way, Joey. Appreciate that. And the text line is 885-ESPN. Look at there. He got it in for the in uh, got in, and that's Chicken Hawk himself, who signs off with a rooster on the text line. What's up, Chicken Hawk? Man. <laughs> oh, there you go. What, 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 where's my song at? I forget what song you wanted. Yeah, we working on it. Working <laughs> on it. Oh, you working on it? Okay. Why? Why you didn't want me to sing it again, Rod? No, we don't. Frankly. Okay. okay. Look here. You got to understand that text, Bob Pale Hale State. Okay. Uh, I was talking about Roger was going. He dumped me, man. I called and he dumped me. And that's why I said, oh. "Well, dead dumb." I can understand. 
Yeah, I could understand. Hey, listen, I don't think Roger did it. I have every now and then, I I have a computer screen over here, Chicken Hawk, with all the buttons on it, and sometimes I accidentally hit one of the buttons and hang up. It could have been me. I don't know that for a fact. Spasm again. Yes, could have been. You you quarterbacks are supposed to have them elegant long fingers, and she was like me, so I played played line. So I got them short (laughs) I'm not too comfortable with people Please? talking about my long, delicate fingers. I'll be honest with you. Well, hey, hey, man, hey, put it on, my brother. You know what I'm saying, Bob Taylor? Put it on. Put it but look on. at him. Oh, what I was trying to say was that if you was running the boards, I could have understood and now I know you was, I guess, in a way, running the board. <laughs> then I got dumped, but I couldn't understand why Roger dumped me. Cause well, look, nobody's perfect. Tape, he, nobody's perfect. Well, well, I'm pretty doggone close, brother. <laughs> you ain't met me yet. Hey, but look at him. Oh, uh, because remember, I told you that when when we start up at that, you know, start tailgating and all, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna get you to come over. We're gonna get together, and I'm gonna give you some stuff that ain't none of the rest of them that are gonna get. And it's going to be better than what that cake was. But I'm going right. to take care of it. All right. I appreciate it, Chicken Hawk. I look forward to it, man. Thank you. Hey. 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 See you. Um, hey, Roger. Is that Gator Greg or is it a different Gator? Uh, it's Gator Man. Gator Man. And he's got some Knicks info. What's up, Gator Man? Uh, well, why wouldn't you play it for me? All right. You want it? You want it? You got well, of it. Of course I do. Gator Man, chomp, chomp. There you go. Ba-dum. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. So you get. <laughs> so what? What about the Knicks, Gator Man? The, one of the main reasons why the Knicks are so valuable is because that includes the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. That's yeah. part of the deal when you own the Knicks. You know, when uh, my family and I went to New York back at Christmas, and we stayed about a week almost, and um, we stayed at a place where we could almost step out on the street and spit on Madison Square Garden. And It should have. (laughs) It should have. It's not the most wonderful part of town, but it ain't a bad part of town, you know. But that that place, just looking at it at the outside, Gator— you can you just get this feeling about it. There's just something about it's history. Man. Yeah, it's a bunch of history there. Hey, thank you. I mean, yeah, brother. All right, call me anytime, Gator Man. Putting a stamp on that. Big reason why the Knicks are at number five on a valuable list is because of their venue. Didn't go inside Madison Square Gardens, but I sure as heck looked at the outside of it. It's pretty cool. Ooh, what a big. It's a big one. Thank you, Jerry. It's a good way to end it. For Roger, I'm Matt. For everybody in the Farm Bureau studio, see y'all tomorrow. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.